thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to Back Chat, exploring the five pillars of health, thinking, moving, eating, sleeping, and also your neurology with Dr. Paul Bergamo. Welcome to Back Chat. My name is Paul Bergamo, and it's great to be here on our next podcast. Back Chat is about being your best. It does this by exploring the five pillars of health. It refers to being your best in thinking, moving, eating, sleeping, and also in neurology. Now, in this podcast, we discuss the rap, which is a summary of 16 podcasts that we achieved over the course of 2017. And to discuss these podcasts, it's great to welcome our two co-hosts, Kim and Kelly. Hey, guys, how are we going? Hey, Paul. Yeah, good. Thanks, Paul. There you go. So what are we up to at the current? Now, we're in different parts of the world. So, Kelly, you're, what part of the world are you in at the moment? I'm in Auckland, New Zealand at the moment, Paul. We're in the middle of a heat wave, middle of a drought. Right. So it's like 22 degrees there, Kelly, then, if you're in the middle of a heat wave. We're sweltering in 22 degrees. Hasn't rained <laughs> for 10 days. Wow. So um, quite unusual <laughs> New Zealand. So how's all the farmland going with all this response? Is it is it how the sheep and cattle? Is it all okay? They're all dying. Grass is brown. Cattle are dying. We've run out of water. Everyone's oh down gosh. at the supermarket drinking bottled water. Right, it's terrible. And the cricket team sounds dramatic. The cricket team's still not so good. <laughs> cricket team's going great. We we just had a had a win over the West Indies. Oh right, the West Indies. Round five. We you know everybody beats the West Indies nowadays. Uh, they're not the force they used to be. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> well, we're talking 30 years ago when they were a force. I think even Bangladesh beats the West Indies, but that's yeah. okay. No, no, good on you. That's, that's, the guys are coming on well. That's good. Now, guys, if we summarise the year, there was uh, a scenario where we, we had Anthony Coxon, who was our inaugural co-host, who got very busy after the stage of 38 podcasts and uh, came up to me and said, look, Paul, I've got to call it a day now. I've got a few things on the on the fire and uh, have to finish up with back chat. So we'll run through some of the podcasts that lead up to his final podcast where uh, we actually interview Anthony. And then we have these two new, two new co-hosts that came in from uh, the 25th of May. So, guys, just maybe some feedback for our listeners. When I sort of headhunted you both... Were you at all nervous or what was your sort of internal responses to the request? Kim, perhaps I'll start with you, Kim. Seems really exciting to me. So I thought it was uh, something very interesting, something different, and I thought I would get the opportunity to speak to some very interesting people that I wouldn't normally cross paths with. So for me, it was a very exciting opportunity. Excellent. And Kelly? Yeah, it was much the same. I mean, I've been um, interviewed in a few podcasts and it was a great opportunity to sort of get on the other side of the microphone and, and talk to some different people. So, um, yeah, it was cool. Do you think it's been easier being on which side of the microphone, Kelly? A new set of challenges being on this side where we've got to sort of run things a, a bit better. But, uh, of course, we do that smooth, smooth and seamlessly, Paul. So, <laughs> That's uh, <right>. Exactly. Here <laughs> yeah. It's the tag tagline to Backchat, seamless productions, as we know. It's um, <laughs> yeah. one of those sort of uh, very fluid parts of, of, of the Backchat series. But uh, if we go back and actually review, 
Kelly, we actually interviewed you, myself and Anthony, uh, in podcasts 34 and 35, uh, mid-Jan and early February. We talked about brain-based function in a couple of areas, sensory and motor system function, as well as falls prevention. Do you remember those two podcasts way back? Yes, I do. I remember recording those with you, and it wasn't long after that that you twisted my arm to come on board. Um, yeah, that, that was fun recording those. Did you realise that was an interview? That we did of you? <laughs> no, I, I didn't at the time. You followed it up pretty quick, though, so... Uh, <laughs> Very good. No, that was good. Enjoyed it. Now, when we talk about that, just the term central motor integration, how do you define that? That term, that was a key part of that first podcast. What does that mean? Well, it's basically the way we take sensory information, put it together in the brain, and come up with a motor response. So, you know, we're doing this all day, every day, with pretty much everything we do. It's all about performing accurate movement, um, you know, which is really important for things like um, sports performance. You know, those cricketers, the amazing New Zealand cricketers beating the West Indies <laughs> that need good sensory motor integration. But then it can come into things with like um, preventing falls, injury prevention, how clumsy we are, all sorts of things. Yeah, it's interesting. It's- and, and seeing the role of chiropractic. And if you broadly and very succinctly had to talk about the sort of the emerging evidence about how chiropractic can fit in here, what's, what's your summations of that? Well, it's all about brain-body communication. So it's the way the brain and the body are talking to each other. So if the brain's getting faulty information from the body and it's not really aware of what's happening in its internal and and also external environment, actually, it's not going to respond properly. So it's all about this the brain responding to our internal and external environment in an appropriate manner. So um, that's where chiropractic comes into it if you're not getting the right information coming from the spine and the body it can affect what your brain's doing so garbage in garbage out and kim if i come to you for a second here and talk about falls prevention i mean you know with elderly people you'd be aware i suppose that it's a big problem area in society have you had that exposure at all with family or or friends who are older i haven't but it is well known that uh, when the elderly fall it actually can be life-threatening particularly the breaking of hips and that that kind of thing. So it is something that needs to be addressed. I think at all ages, the elderly in particular, but I think at all ages if you've got these kinds of issues and you have an opportunity to have them addressed in in, in the medical sense, the chiropractic sense, all different ways, I think that that's a, a great thing to understand that there's more than one way to address these issues. Now, guys, I love Anthony Coxon, but I certainly did raise the bar when I brought you two guys on as co-hosts because you both have doctorates next to your name, sort of like real doctors in some ways, where you've spent a lot of rigorous time to uh, defend a PhD. And Kelly, is it right to say that this was the nuts and bolts of your PhD? Yeah, it pretty much was. It was all about the role that chiropractors can play in preventing falls in their patients. So, um, yeah, I spent a fair bit bit of time looking into that incorporate that in your work so then we move guys from this podcast here to podcast 36 and we interviewed a chap who we really like because we brought him back later in the year as well dr brandon brock and at that stage when we talked uh in february we discussed about integrative natural integrative care of children excuse on the first of march i recall and we went on different areas to discuss with children but especially we talked about food and the importance of food engaging with kids mentally and physically, and protecting one's kids, one's children's brains, especially with guys' uh, iPads, less usage and more exercise. 
Kim, do you resonate with this as a as a mother of two beautiful girls? Absolutely, I love this one, Paul. This especially feed your kids right. There's a, a constant challenge in society to do this because they're they're bombarded by prepackaged food and treats and the idea of of food as a reward. So this is a really good discussion to have with your children and start to educate them about the food that they take in and how to exercise their brains as well as their bodies. So it really does package up nicely in the education of your children for later life as well as now. Excellent. And, and Kelly, if we talk about sensory integration, what about that with kids and iPads? I mean, is, is that causing some problems in regards to the brain's processing centres, do you think? It's got to be, doesn't it? I mean, your brain's driven by activity and movement. And you know, moving your fingers and thumbs, tapping on an iPad, that's just not the same as getting out and moving those big muscles in your brain. So, you know, it's, it's got to be an issue. Absolutely, absolutely. So we move from there and talking about the importance of, uh, of uh, children's well-being and development and move to Podcast 37 where we, we, where we met a mister, so a specialist hand surgeon, Mr. Jason Harvey, who went through the do's and don'ts with hand injuries. Now, have you guys, uh, I mean, gosh, you guys are getting a bit old, aren't you? Any arthritic problems there with your hands yet or are you guys all in pretty good nick? Well, I had a, we had a hand disaster in our family a few years ago. My husband at the time dropped a concrete window lintel on his hand and broke a number of the tiny bones in his hand. And, and interestingly, one of the take-home messages that Mr Harvey had was don't ignore the symptoms that it's only a finger or only a hand because he was uh, in therapy for nine months and off work for nine weeks as a result of that injury and he wasn't actually even going to go to the doctor I had to get home from work and find him on the couch sort of holding his hand and saying it'll be fine it'll be fine so this uh, is really important thing to discuss in the community because I we didn't know that there's actually entire hospitals dedicated to hands and entire careers dedicated to hands so people actually need to take that very very seriously and look, I have to sort of come clean a bit here as, as a uh, poor parent here because Caleb, how I met Jason was actually through Caleb when he fractured his finger at football and he raised it with me when I was coaching him. I said, mate, you'll be right, mate. It's okay. We, <laughs> and uh, we, you'll be okay. He, kept, he went back on and, you know, and then he played another week and then the, a good physio friend who was on that day came up to me and said, Paul, I think we need to really check this out a bit further. And I looked and said, oh, gee, I think we need to. And uh, long and short of it, that, that's the sort of sacrifices on Backchat we have where sons will donate their bodies to science in order for us to connect with uh, hand surgeons uh, in order to get on Backchat. So there you go. So there was a good example there. And I think Kayla really pushed hard for um, Foxtel on these grounds. Oh, he made you feel bad about uh, your lack of uh, compassionate parenting. Well, I think even Jason made the point actually in the podcast and talked about it was a great opportunity for Caleb to push his needs and wants, and um, <laughs> uh, and I think he actually did. So. I think my ex-husband thought the same with his hand. Right, okay. Well, it's in his hand. The hand is important, obviously, to these to the limbic lobe of the brain and emotions. But uh, it was a fascinating insight, and to have a, to have the opportunity to interview a hand surgeon, a specialist in his trade, to know uh, what things to do at what stages, what treatment regimes. It was a really fascinating insight. And I've actually used that with patients who have had problems themselves with hand injuries and whether to go further with surgeries. And I've, I've actually said to them to have a listen to 
to, to Jason on Podcast 37 to get some information before they go to uh, seek a specialist. So this is the great thing about Backchat. We've been able to use certain shows to link in certain situations. Now, if we move on to Podcast 38, which I think I'll leave you out of this one, Kim, because this was sort of a, a very chiropractic-centric type podcast, wasn't it, Kelly? It was indeed. Jerry Clum, one of the uh, what many of us would call one of the chiropractic legends, came on Backchat. That's right. So, and look, there was a bit of background in this podcast because, um, I mean, you'd be surprised to know, Kelly, but there are a few divisions in chiropractic in Australia. Are you aware of that or across the... Well, I, I wasn't aware of that at all, Paul. I thought we were one big happy family. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I, I, I certainly wish we were, but unfortunately we're not. So, look, there was a situation here where um, uh, Jerry came out representing Rubicon and at a conference and we tried actually to try and use the podcast as an opportunity to try and... Uh, overcome some misconceptions, if there were misconceptions, by having actually for the first time on the on the podcast series have chiropractors themselves ask specific questions of Jerry. So we triage this through a Facebook medium and uh, said to chiropractors who had questions about Jerry and what he was what he was doing coming here and and the Rubicon group. So we actually did that all completely authentically from the questions and directly asked Jerry those specific questions and and uh, as a means to give answers to those uh, circumstances. So it was actually uh, a, a very interesting podcast, one of a difference, I suppose. What did you think of it, Kelly? Yeah, I really enjoyed listening to it. Um, you know, I was listening with that ear thinking, what are Jerry's detractors going to say? But I thought it was very well spoken, answered all the questions very well. Um, yeah, I, th- I thought it was a, a good interview. I think hopefully one step closer to try and develop a little bit more unity within the chiropractic profession in Australia. We moved then to Podcast 39, and uh, this was the last one of, of, of uh, my colleague Anthony Coxon as co-host. And when I was thinking about this, when Anthony said um, that it was time, that I said, well, why do we interview you? I mean, we've spent a fair bit of time. We've spent hours and hours and hours, sometimes to very late and early in the morning when we interviewed, interviewed people from the U.S., why don't we just get your thinking about what your what, what your thoughts are for for uh, health and well being, and uh, and I suppose in some ways we went down a bit of memory lane because w- with Anthony we'd uh, interviewed a, an eminent chiropractor, Dr. Paul Noon, as our first podcast on the fourth of March, twenty fifteen. Feels like it is many years ago, and then interviewed some amazing guests from all around Australia, US, and the, and New Zealand. Uh, interviewed not only chiropractors but surgeons, GPs, an integrative medical doctor, exercise physiologist, naturopaths, podiatrists, psychologists, even a physiotherapist, which, you know, on a chiropractic-centric podcast was interesting. But then from that we moved also to different streams, interviewing uh, inspirational individuals such as Lisa Cox, Chris Ennis, Rachel Lane, Mandy McCurry, Wayne Swast, and also Glenn Williams. So from that whole experience it was a great opportunity for both of us to develop our skills and learn so much which from my perspective I suppose what I didn't realize going onto this side of the microphone is how much knowledge one develops when you start to prepare for a podcast as well as um, learn from the talent that we interview but it was interesting to uh, see what Anthony's key point that he learned that, that out of all the five pillars of thinking moving eating sleeping neurology do you guys recall what his most important one was? No, what did he come up with? He said movement. He felt movement was the, the key part for himself personally. So he's a very active guy. He's always on the bike. In, in seminars, he's one of those guys that um, 
You know there's annoying people at seminars who, Kelly, get up and Kim, who get up and sort of move around, sort of do some yoga exercises at the back. When you're trying to get that key point across, Kelly, he'll be the guy that's up there <laughs> doing uh, uh, some sort of pose in the back corner, which, would be, you know, you'd be thinking he's trying to put you off, but he's actually just exercising <laughs> his brain just to keep himself moving. It was quite interesting. Yeah, I love those guys at seminars. You've, you've, come, you've, <laughs> you've come across a few of those? Yeah, a few in my time. There I you. can identify with that, though, Paul, because I'm one of those people that when I'm thinking or talking, I need to walk around. So if I'm talking on the phone, I, I need to be walking. If I'm in meetings, I have to fight the desire to get up and walk around because it helps me think clearer when I'm walking. So I, I can identify with that. I Socially, it's unacceptable, so I don't do it. Obviously, Anthony's a bit more secure in himself than I am to, to get up and strike a pose in the middle of a seminar, but <laughs> I understand where he's coming from. Yeah, interesting. Very interesting. And then we move from Anthony to podcast number 40. Do you know this person, uh, Kelly, Kim Fenton? Do you know Kim? I, I've heard she's a lovely woman, isn't she, Kelly? Very yeah, attractive. World famous. World famous. <laughs> she never drinks too much. No, that's no, good. Exactly. That's very good. But she became world famous on the 25th of May, didn't she? I think she did because on the 25th of May was when we released her <laughs> podcast, Kim, when we talked about it. Yeah, and, 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 yeah. yes. That's and, absolutely. That's when you – That's that, right. And look, at, and if we talk seriously now about this topic because, you, I mean, you went um, quite deep about talking about your postnatal depression. Perhaps in your words, Kim – what was that like from your experience being on being interviewed about such a you know a sensitive issue and an important issue and one that that a lot of society with women go through? I think it's very liberating, Paul. I, for years, I really didn't understand what had happened to me, and I didn't talk about it a lot. And I've really only started talking about it in recent times. And uh, now I'm quite comfortable bringing it up. And I think it is a topic that's important to discuss because people do tend to sweep it under the carpet. And I think it's really important to bring it out in the open and make women uh, understand that it's okay, it's normal, and you can get through it. And, you know, it's as another case example of, of uh, when I've seen patients who have gone through these challenges, I've, act, I've actually had patients listen to your podcast uh, and, oh, and, and go great. through that it's a, as a great resource. You know, it's we probably sometimes underestimate the abilities of these podcasts to deliver information for people in certain cases and needs. And it's, it's certainly not, you know, diagnostic. It's not medical. It's just educational information. And we know that anyone who listens to the advice here needs to first you know, see their see their uh, treating practitioners who know their cases specifically but sometimes it can be just the difference to sort of tilt someone to get some help what do you guys think well i think it's really important because it makes you feel less isolated if you're hearing other people's stories and we've dealt with a little bit of mental illness in this show the next one it podcast 41 wayne schwoss talks about adolescent health and social media and we talked a little bit about mental illness and mental health in that podcast as well and I think to introduce that to people who are a little bit iffy about how they're feeling and aren't quite sure what's happening to them it makes them feel less isolated. I think that's really true and I think uh, when we when we go to that adolescent health sort of scenario too especially and we sort of focused a fair bit didn't we Kim if we talk about podcast 41 with the social media components because Often social media, it's it's sort of it it's connecting, but it's also disconnecting, isn't it? 
Yes, it is. There's, in some ways, it's easier for, say, kids these days to keep in touch with each other because they meet once or twice and they're on Facebook or Instagram or Snapchat together. And when they go to school as well, they finish high school, they can keep in touch with all their friends. Back in our day, we had to use the telephone. So I think in some ways they're very connected, but in other ways they kind of lose the ability to actually speak to each other in depth. So the depth of the relationship tends to fail over time with this uh, social connectedness online. What do you think, Kelly, from your perspective as a parent with your kids? Well, my big thing with the whole social media thing is that kids can just be brutal. You know, when, when they're behind a keyboard, they send stuff that they wouldn't say in person. And I've seen it with my kids, seen some of the awful stuff that goes flying around. And, you know, they are just brutal. They don't think about the people on the other end, how it might affect them. And, um, you know, it's, it's really sad to see some of the communication that um, I've seen going on with them. And not just kids, Kelly. I think adults can be equally brutal. I think there's a certain bravery that comes with being anonymous. And so those keyboard cowboys can say all sorts of things that are hurtful and terrible that they would never have the courage to say to someone's face. And, you know, even on a, on a different level, though, guys, it, it also can be at a higher level of just actual misinterpretation. I was reading something recently very interesting about comparing communication that's done verbally face-to-face, communication that's done via uh, email, so i.e. longer messages, and then communications done by text message, i.e. shorter messages. And in the example, it was shown that by having the same particular message that's been sent that was delivered by those three means could be was more misinterpreted as we move towards a short text message. You know, it, it can come across sharp. It can come across in a in a totally different context to someone who might exp- who face to face would say the same things and say it in a tone that you can see it's just a joke. For instance, I can see they're laughing. It's not meant to be hurtful. Um, you know, it's really interesting with that. And I actually took a lot from that, thinking, ah, right. And, and, I, and, I, and I know there's many examples that we would see in circumstances when we communicate with adults ourselves, when we get messages, you think, oh, hang on, that person having a go at me? Or, gee, you know, didn't say hi to me, he's just going to do this. You think, oh, right. Versus when that interchange is face-to-face, it's a totally different uh, platform and, and response. What do you guys That's think? That's why emojis have taken off, Paul, because we need that expression. So emojis, the use of emojis allows us to provide some kind of expression in the communication which isn't isn't able to be provided just by words alone. So, so you know, who would have thought that little smiley faces would be so bandied about, but they are, and they're absolutely essential in those sorts of shorter messages. Yeah, interesting, interesting, very interesting. Now, if we move on to podcast 42, Sexuality and Sexual Health, Challenging the Stigma, and we, Kim, you and I actually interviewed Matt Hall. What was, what mm. was your what's your, what was your thought? This was quite a deep podcast, wasn't it? Yeah, this was very, very interesting, Paul, and it, it covered a lot of points, actually. It covered sexuality, sexual health. We discussed HIV and AIDS and the difference between those two and some of the misconceptions with those those conditions. And we also discussed mental health in this one as well. So it was really all-encompassing and I actually really enjoyed speaking to Matt and, and I learned a bit from this podcast. Absolutely. And if you think about today, what's happening in society here in Australia with, with gay marriage being accepted? 
Yes, we've come a long way from the, you know, what we were discussing with Matt, which was his experiences being HIV positive and the stigma associated with that. And now to just a month ago, uh, the acceptance of gay and lesbian marriage and the fact that HIV is not necessarily associated with just that community anymore. So it's been there's been a real turning point. It was very much associated with the gay and lesbian community in the 80s and 90s, and it's just been interesting, was interesting to speak to him about how the illness has progressed and how society has progressed. It was fascinating. Yeah, and certainly an area that's uh, fantastic for us to go through to another d- different domain with, uh, with Backchat. If we move towards mm. podcasts 43 and 44, we sort of combined... Two different experts in areas of genetics and epigenetics. And perhaps we'll talk to the epigenetics side first, Kelly. Do you remember some of the key points from that podcast? Yeah, it was with Bruce Lipton, wasn't it? I love Bruce. He he comes out to New Zealand for a few months each year and he teaches at the college. And, you know, his big thing is epigenetics. And we've got this idea that your genes dictate your life. But, of course, they don't. They get switched on. They get switched off by what's going on in our bodies and the way we're thinking about stress. So, you know, it's, it's really saying that you can still dictate how your life pans out. You don't just have to go back to your genes. It's not just about your genes. So, you know, I really enjoyed talking to Bruce in that podcast. It was excellent. And then, Kim, we moved and spoke to Professor Miles Prince and talked about genomics, cancer management, what's the future, which was in mid-August. What were your thoughts there? Mm. I thought that was an excellent podcast. I felt at the end of that that there was a real genuine hope for cancer patients for the future. It, it, you know, the precision medicine that he was talking about, matching the optimum treatment to the disease, that's something that we haven't been able to do with traditional cancer therapies. With chemotherapy, it's really very much the shotgun approach. You're just hoping you you hit the bad cells whilst not trying, while trying not to kill off enough of the good cells. So with this targeted therapy, I think it gives patients hope, A, to be cured, but B, to be treated in a way that doesn't destroy their body in the meantime, only destroying the cancer cells. So huge amount of hope from that podcast for people suffering from cancer or future cancer patients and their families. It's funny, I've seen actually since then Professor Miles Prince on uh, a lot of uh, channel on news services quite a bit actually. So he's he's actually quite prolific yeah. in regards to what he does in the media, Kim. He right? is. Very much so. He has been for many years, Paul. He's an internationally renowned specialist and he speaks all over the world. He's contacted by people everywhere and he's been in this field for a very long time. He's a researcher. He's an amazing doctor and he's very much a key opinion leader globally. So we're very lucky to have him here treating our patients in Australia. And also I think very compassionate as well because sometimes you find these gentlemen who are very high ilk with their intelligence sometimes uh, are not as well connected with their patients, but he's certainly, from my understanding, he's very connected with his patients as well. Yes, yeah, he's a very he's a people person and he actually cares. So he's looking at the whole patient when he treats a patient. He doesn't just isolate them into their disease. He looks at their entire life and gets to know them and becomes part of it. So he's just, he's just a, a, a great guy, very smart and, and contributing well in the medical community. Now, if we move to podcast... 45 and 46 now. Kelly, can I ask you a couple of questions? Sure, fire away. Now, when was the last time you walked? Uh, this afternoon. Fantastic. <laughs> when was the last time you jogged? Uh, probably about a week ago. 
Okay, and when was the last time you actually ran, Kelly? Uh, six months, a year, a long time ago. I can't remember actually sprinting anywhere. Right now, was that no when someone was chasing you? Yeah. Right, that was the circumstances. Very good. Well, you see, in this in this series of two podcasts back to back, we interviewed a very well respected uh, sports chiropractor in Australia, Dr. Luke Nelson. And Luke, in the first of the two podcasts, talked about progressing from walking to jogging to running and uh, the stages that takes a patient from those base stages to more advanced stages with running and also especially looking at running technique, which is an important component, and that's some of the specialist work he does specifically. And then in the second podcast, Luke went through the process of injury rehabilitation from a sports perspective as well as prevention uh, in the target market of runners. So talking about, for instance, strength training, um, what what advice to get from therapists uh, who are in guiding management, and um, also the concept of you know me being careful not to avoid complete rest when one is injured. You know, that sort of component of actually doing some movement. So um, did you guys, what did you guys think of these two podcasts? Well, uh, I wish I'd heard them um, be- before I went on a run a couple of years ago because I-, I do run occasionally and I'm not really built for it. I'm, I'm not the world's best runner, but um, about once a year it actually feels good. So it was this <laughs> one morning a couple of years ago. I'd had a couple of wines the night before and thought I'll, I'll run it off. And it was one of those days that it felt good. And I belted out a half marathon because I just kept on running. I thought I was Forrest Gump. Right. And um, then I couldn't walk for about the next four months. So <laughs> I think I've done something wrong. So it would have been really good to, to hear what um, Luke had to say before sort of taking that on. Yeah, I think there's something to note next time you get that sort of that, that, that feeling in your bones, Kelly, just to sort of do that run, maybe have a listen to these podcasts. You know, that might be an option. <laughs> in regards to it, very good. Now we move uh, we move to podcasts. <coughs> Excuse me, forty seven and forty eight with Brandon Brock, Kelly. Do you remember those two podcasts? Yeah, all about um, pediatric neurodevelopment and dysautonomia. So you know some really cool stuff that he was talking about there. Um, you know things like hyperactive sympathetic nervous system. Um, you know real big issues. You know particularly with kids. That's right, and I think you know when we talked to, to to Brandon earlier in the in the year, we talked a little bit more from a nutritional sort of perspective, and here we talked a little bit more from a a structural sort of component, talking about um, milestones in fine motor and gross motor type activities, and certainly from a chiropractic perspective, when we've got cases of of uh, children with these sort of problems, we perhaps look at it quite uniquely uh, on, on a way to try and see function improving and. Often when, when these cases come to, say, medical parameters, it's, it, it's very hard to pharmacologically alter movement patterns. You know, it's something that's a bit difficult. So certainly in, in this sort of sphere, it's an area that, that is growing and developing and uh, one that, are, that, are, that really with more information and knowledge that gets out there, that can only be a good thing. And uh, look, Brandon's an amazing speaker. He's, got, um, he's done a, a diplomat in neurology, nutrition, He's uh, worked in hospital wards and got uh, he's got postgraduate studies in nursing, so he's seen from the medical side as well as being a chiropractor. So he's got a, just a wealth of knowledge and, and uh, means and ways at which he can put all this sort of information together. So 
Really interesting stuff. And then, Kim, we came to the last podcast, Podcast yeah. 49, because this is actually our 50th. We didn't actually say this is our 50th birthday on Backchat. Uh, today was podcast. Yes. So uh, we had number 49 with a player who wore number 43. And actually, remember, we finished on 43 minutes, which was not set up by me. That was... Mm, I'm not sure. It, it was pure coincidence. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. We finished on 43 minutes with the famous number 43 at Carlton, the Carlton Football Club. So an AFL legend, an Australian Football League legend, Anthony Kudafidis. What did you think of that podcast? Uh, I loved it, actually. I, I learned a lot, again. Uh, the athletes that we've spoken to are actually very interesting people because the ones that I've directly dealt with and interviewed are all post their athletic career and it's been very interesting to talk to them about their transformation from professional athlete to other things in their lives and how they've grown and matured and the effect of the transition on them so it was good to speak to Kuda about all of those things and then talk about what he's doing in the future to contribute to the health and wellness of the community so it was a really interesting podcast. And look, certainly it was one where we walked a bit down memory lane where we sort of followed his career from his adolescence, um, the high points at Carlton when we uh, used to win premierships and then the, some of the low points post-injury and post sort of some form slumps within the team. It was, it was actually interesting to see how he handled those sort of situations and I recall him saying that he, in his headspace, it was like, well, that was part of the journey. Like, you know, there's going to be some good times. And there's going to be yep. some tough times and, you know, we enjoy the good times and when there's tough times we've just got to, you know, work through all that. It's just not necessarily going to be a honeymoon and um, I think that was really what came across for me regards him being able to transmit that sort of information. Is that yeah, what, is that, great. Is that what you felt? Yeah, excellent. Definitely, definitely. So, so guys, that, that was in the 49 podcast and then today we get to number 5050. So I have to thank you both for your contributions. Can I get an idea, and I asked this of Anthony last year in the wrap regards what his favourite podcast or the most pivotal, impactful one was for him. What about yourself, Kim, from your perspective? Mm, it's, it's hard to say because they were actually all very different. I, I think geneticist at heart, uh, I think the epigenetics and the genomics were probably my most fascinating. Genetics has moved on a lot since the last time I worked in that area and I did find both both Bruce Lipton and Miles Prince's podcasts very interesting and, and very hopeful for the future. Fantastic. Excellent. And Kelly? Yeah, I'll actually go with Kim there and... You know, part of that is um, Bruce Lipton. I just love hanging out with him and love listening to him speak. So it was a great opportunity to nail him down for half an hour or 45 minutes and hear what he had to say. Um, you know, I really love that whole area of epigenetics. So that would be the highlight for me. And what about 34 and 35, Kelly? I mean, weren't they, weren't they, ground, <laughs> weren't they groundbreaking yeah, in our podcast? Well, yeah, that guy's a bit of a legend too. Not quite up there with Bruce Lipton, but um, yeah, 34 and 35, they are, they are up there. I would have thought 40 would have been everybody's pick, but anyway, that's just me. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. uh, we're all part of the Mutual Appreciation Society here. And on that, on that particular <laughs> note, I need to certainly acknowledge you both for uh, your support for us during the course of the year and also obviously Anthony as well for, for the first 30-plus podcast where he was a great support. 
uh, and yourselves as well for uh, <clears throat> in your own busy lives, which I know are already a capacity. And when we asked you both to do it, I know you had to sort of go through some channels and checks with staff and family and um, to sort of come on and, and, and do it for this year to, to be part of the, the podcast. And I can really proudly say from my perspective and from people that listen to the podcast and who give me direct feedback, they've felt that we've actually moved the podcast forward now onto different topics, um, different issues, so society issues, certainly some chiropractic issues, obviously where our biases lie, functional type things with sporting type injuries, um, the genetic stuff that we talked about, the epigenetics, the surgeons that we've interviewed. It's, it's really taken back chat after now really 50 podcasts to so many different areas. And, um, I can only say that's only as good as the the guys that work with me. So thank you so much to you, Kim, firstly. Thank you, Paul. Thanks for being a great host with me. It's been a fabulous ride. Excellent. And to you, Kelly? Yeah, you're welcome, Paul. It it has been a bit of fun. We've enjoyed it, haven't we? It's been a a good ride. But for one of our rides, it actually now comes to a bit of a halt. And how do you like that for a bit of a pun of words? uh, I love it. You know, yeah, good segue. You like that nice little segue there. So, Dr. Kelly Holt, you have a bit of news for me. You've come to a situation where you had to make a big, big career decision, I believe. Yeah, it was quite a pivotal moment. It really came down to my career as the dean of research at the New Zealand College of Chiropractic, or my career as uh, an interviewer on Backchat, and I was. trying to decide which way to go hang on kelly stop Um, stop kelly stop 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 so have you told new zealand the bad news or do they know yet yeah i I handed in my resignation today so (laughs) it's back chat all the way from now okay we better rewind that because we we don't edit any podcasts uh, just in case people do listen to this and have a heart attack uh, maybe Dr. Heidi Horvick might have a heart attack. <clears throat> Do you want to maybe just rewind and just uh, explain what's happening? Yeah, I've decided that um, I need to focus a little bit more on my work stuff and try and get a bit more balance going on in life. So just stripping back on a few things because uh, life is fairly hectic these days. So uh, I'll be cutting back on the back chat. No, fair enough. And look, we appreciate that uh, in, the, in the circumstances that you are and where you're so busy with the research you're doing and the, and the great work you're doing in, in integrating some of the clinical neurosciences for, for chiropractors and other professions uh, as they look at your work. So we, we certainly totally understand the circumstance and we also want to thank and acknowledge you for your work uh, and understand that, um, that you are coming towards the end as co-host uh, on Backchat. So thanks, Kelly. We still we might still pull you in for one or two more more shows. We'll see how we go. Can I twist your arm if needed? Yeah. Yeah, I'll be around if you need me. <laughs> Fantastic. All right, guys, some summary points to finish off. We're at Christmas time here in Australia. It's, um, it's a bit different to Europe. I can hear cicadas outside. We've had a nice, normal 35-degree day here in melbourne kim what's your thoughts with christmas around the corner any any thoughts there oh we've got a busy one coming up paul i've got my family christmas uh this weekend and then uh mike's husband's family christmas next weekend so we've got our two christmases and we're heading up to sydney for the the uh fenton family christmas we've got the my my family christmas down here in melbourne so it's a big one for us this year a bit of travel around 
Fantastic. And Kelly, have you been a good boy this year from Santa? Yeah, Santa's going to reward me this year. He's going to bring me a few big presents, I think. Uh, but uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to going doing a bit of sailing over Christmas. Excellent. Well, you enjoy your break and, and enjoy yours as well, Kim. And if we can just both extend our wishes to all our listeners on Backchat, we hope you all have a, a great Christmas, a safe Christmas. We hope you have an enjoyable New Year. And uh, we certainly look forward in 2018 to bringing some more new podcasts uh, onto, onto our, our three weekly releases on different topic areas of health and inspiration. So to everyone who are listening to, to our show, we wish you all the best for 2017. Look forward to seeing you in 2018. Thanks, Kim. Thanks, Kelly. Thanks, Paul. Have a lovely Christmas. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, Paul. No worries. Thank you for listening to Back Chat. If you like the show, please leave a five-star rating on iTunes. We leave you one thought. Be the best at what you do, and you will grow and inspire others around you. We look forward to catching up with you on our next Backchat podcast. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.